Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, another Rich and Belilly episode in which we examine the end of a long-term relationship as well as life as an ignorant and insecure hater. What in the world causes a person to shift from Alan Watts to Tommy Lauren? Don't be like John Belushi and take all of the pills. Rich shows his romantic side, yet again. Flame Wars, Hemp for Victory, all as is prepares for her talent show tryouts. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle figure of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Do, 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 do. Welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 156. It's a Richard Bellelli episode. So, luckily enough, there's Daniele Bellelli's right across from me. That would make it difficult if I wasn't to have a Richard Bellelli episode. We, we would have, have to play, you have to channel your inner Italian and uh, start. Talking. Well, I could have given it a try. I'd put my father Guido Sarducci together and say, right? I saw something crazy on the internet. What did you see? Some cat, and I don't know, the guy that has the capacity to do this is so amazing, but he redid the Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader duel from the mm-hmm. original Star Wars. Yeah. Because after all the swirling and sure. CGI and stuff now, it looks a little weak for 70-year-old Alec Guinness to be, here. I'm going to get you in my sword. And it was badass. So they did. Uh, I need to. I don't know who did it, but they did a great job, and they probably got a new gig. Uh, I need. I need to all find CGI it. Anyway, um, I got to start this episode to say uh, our pal Mike Mandela, which helped make this thing happen for like three years, uh, finally lost his getting his ass kicked by brain cancer. Yep, and um, he really. Didn't cut. He didn't catch a break over the whole two years. No. Yeah, we uh, recorded. It, n- uh, it never broke his spirit, though. Yeah, we recorded all the episodes at his place initially. Now, for a while, we've been recording no longer there. But yeah, he was always a super nice guy, and uh, you were actually close. I'd to known him. him for a long time. We actually yeah. started that company together. Yeah. And um, it was just something to see. He filled the. Ch- I mean, I'd be like if fifteen people show up to my funeral, but. Uh, this massive church, 500 seats, packed to the walls, uh, Oceanside. And it was, um, you know, why do the good ones have to go? This was a cat that was, did well by everybody. And uh, everyone came out to, to let his family know what he meant. It was an incredible thing. And uh, I think he was integral. I mean, he gave us the facility to record at for three years. So we never, never went to... Made it that far without him. And it's a bummer that he's gone, but I'm so glad his suffering's over. I'm glad so. uh, I'm glad uh, you mentioned this and gave him a proper shout-out because yeah. the man was, yeah, absolutely. So enough of that. Now for some greedy capitalism. Yes. Now let's <laughs> jump into <laughs> On that note, let's yeah. Today is gonna be an interesting episode, to say the least. We have uh, speaking of sponsors, we now have one less. Yeah, we have one less, and it's not a pleasant story. <laughs> we're gonna get into that. So it's and more than not a pleasant story on a personal level, which you guys, what the fuck, are you okay? I mean, I'm sure somebody will have the curiosity, but it's more on a philosophical level that's interesting to how things pan out. Yeah. But yes, we uh, we are one one sponsor short, as it turns out. So the ones that did survive, let's give thank you to a few folks who did survive. First and foremost, to onnit.com. These guys have been badasses because they've been with us all this time. And uh, so much love to Onnit. The website is onnit.com forward slash Taoist, where you can get an automatic discount on a lot of their amazing gear, workout stuff, supplements, alpha brain, which right now I'm in dire need of because I feel like my brain could use a boost at this moment. 
foods, the whole deal. Check out on it. These guys have been awesome to us. Please use the link. Also, of course, if you use, if you shop on Amazon, if you can please use our Amazon link, that would be wonderful, most definitely and truly. And a sponsors that this year is one of the more recent sponsors, but that this year has been around for us. It's time to give thanks to the wonderful people at Blue Chew, Blue Chew. You make you make coo when you crunch Blue Chew, y'all. Blue Chew, the, one of the greatest inventions in human history. I was having a discussion the other day with somebody because I was talking about our history on fire now, you know, going to Luminary. I'm no longer going to have sponsors. And I was saying, I'm kind of happy not to have to, you know, plug 10,000 things to keep the lights on. And, you know, I always feel weird doing ads. And they was like, oh, so like no more Blue Chew. I was like, no, 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 wait, time out, time out. Blue Chew is a whole different story. Blue Chew is like <laughs> the greatest invention in human history. Because, yes, um, on the topic of sexuality, Blue Chew is your friend. The things that it allows you to do, oh, my God. Wow. That actually suddenly explains a lot of things. Right. Is <laughs> ah. So, yes, check it out. The beautiful thing about Blue Chew is you don't need to go in person to see a doctor. There's a promo code DRUNK, D-R-U-N-K, which is often associated with sexuality, but in our case, in a more direct way for the drunken Taoist. Yeah, man, you get the goods straight in the mail and the stuff that it can do for you. It's hard to think of something more potent. Oh, my God. I see what you did there. Yes. The... <laughs> Right now, we got a special deal for our listener. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code DRUNK. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, the word CHU, spelled C-H-E-W.com, promo code DRUNK to try it for free. Better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So... On that note, before we get things going, two quick shout outs that I want to give. Big thank you to the sweet folks at grasslandbeef.com. Rich is about to sample their products that just arrived in the mail. I've already, the reason why Rich hasn't been able to sample their products is because the second they arrive, they end up in my stomach in about 0.3 seconds. It and I ended up with a can of spam. Basically, instead, the, today I managed to use my incredible willpower to restrain myself from eating his food. So <laughs> it's here for him. He'll get to try it and he can rant and rave about it next time. Excellent. Moral of the story, if you do eat beef or chicken or pork or anything, you might as well check out these guys because all of their stuff is super high quality, comes straight to your door. So check them out, grasslandbeef.com. And I also want to give a shout out to, if you guys drink coffee, check out snowroast.com for their delicious coffee. Use the code TAO, T-A-O, and the numbers 18 to get a discount. So Tau18 for a discount on coffee at snoros.com. Having said all that, let's jump into our episode. Some of us think we're too big Cause the system gives us charms In though just a long pain gang And some of us will boast and brag And those of us who think we're small Just because we don't have much Walking home a youth gets killed Neighbors free to shoot at will Sad to see the old slave mill It's grinding slow but grinding still Nine to five you know the drill Weekends are a short-lived thrill. Sure hurts to see the old slave mill is grinding slow but grinding still. What was that song? That song was Isabella performing a Damian Marley song called Slave Mill. 
I dig it, man. I dig the lyrics. I dig like the very concept of uh, you know slave meal. The fact that he's comparing, you know, he's saying nobody's saying this is slavery, but it's the equivalent of uh, what we do to ourselves in it order to make too a much. living. This a little uh, more pleasant, but not quite. What's the line? Weekend are a short-lived thrill. Nine to five. You know that gig is like if you're not, if your job doesn't give you pleasure. And realistically, most people's jobs, for very good reason, don't exactly give them lots of pleasure. You and Chris were talking about that last week. You're making me guilty. You know, it's one of the things that is like... Is it really that hard? I love my job. Well, that's... Consider yourself... I mean, And that doesn't say it's ever perfect. I, I was about to say lucky. Lucky may be the wrong word because... Yes, it is lucky, but it's also the the way you play your cards. But yeah. realistically, when you look at most jobs that most people do, oh. and in some cases, it's not just because they are stupid bastards who make their own decisions. Some cases, because the opportunities that you have in front of you are very limited in of a lot course. of ways. Then, uh, realistically, you know, you are doing a lot of slave labor. That you, the only reason why you're doing it is because they give you enough green pieces of paper, to, which are not green, by the way, but whatever. You get my point to buy shit and survive until the next month, you know? And it's um, it's not a fun way to live, and yet that's where we are, you know? That's the reality of it all, and so... It's funny, I, everybody seems like, well, it's just the way it is, but things can be undone. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting with the automation of work. Oh what's going to happen? When we when, don't need truck drivers anymore? Yeah, what are we going to do? A lot of those jobs disappear. Is that going to be a good thing? Is that going to be a bad thing? Is it going to be is it going to free up humanity to have a lot more time for shit they want? Is no, it going, it's going to be, be a lot a, more poor people that are hungry and right. angry? Yep. Cuz if we if we played our cards correctly, wouldn't it be awesome if you could dial it down so everybody had a 24-hour work week? That would be that would be considerably more. You could more spend pleasant. the rest of your time. I know. I've been saying it for years. You know, if you had even if we reduced it to a four day work week and right. you had to donate a day a week to your community, things would blossom. Yeah, and I mean just have the time to be human. Have the time to be a parent to your kids, have a time to be a friend, have a time to for yourself to figure out who it is that you want to be when you don't have to work every other minute of your life and then the only free time you have is when you're too tired to do anything and you just plop in front of tv saying screw it all just leave me alone at least i get the and, puppets on the screen terrible? play some entertainment for me until i go back the next day that's the reality you know it's like nine to five you know the drill we can serve a short-lived drill that's the and how does it go set to see the old slave meal is grinding slow but grinding still it's amazing to see somebody who doesn't have to get up at 5 30 in the morning to fight traffic yeah not so upset because this is like this today yeah. was the first one where she would have been out the door at 5 30 oh your wife yes of course she had no problem. I'm sure she did not. That helps. And that bunch. stress of wrecking your Monday, waiting for Tuesday. Yeah. No, it's rough. That's why I'm curious to see because Isabella wants to sing this song at her uh, school. Uh, quick Isabella thing before we jump into something else. One day we were listening to this song called I'm Yours. Oh, yeah. I and, love that. Um, Jason Mraz. Yeah, good song. That's a fun song to sing. And this goes, uh, I really like this song. But, you know, I can tell that she's not done, that she has something else to say, right? I feel the vibe is like, okay, this is not the end of that sentence. There's more to it. So so I encourage, but, because I can sense that there's a but coming. And she say, but that's a sentence that I don't think I'll ever say. I'm yours? Really? I don't care how much I may love a person. I'm still not theirs. I don't want to belong to anyone. I belong to myself. And with that, I was like, holy shit. Okay. I'm glad we are clear on your, on your priorities. Well, for gambling, I'm going to put that that is not going to be true. You know, it's weird though. Cause for me too, the idea, like, you know, I'm, I've had my share of relationships. I'm perfectly happy right now in a relationship. But that concept, I mean, you can say shit for fun because everything you can say is... I'm as saying 17-year-old Izzy. Yeah. When that boy... Could be. Could be. We find out. I hope so, actually. Right. But, you know, the... I'm know. not going to the, you know, I'm yours. I yeah, think yeah. just that, that 
I don't know. Maybe we're looking at it different ways. I'm not looking like, oh, you now own me and can take me down to the I, slave I, mill. I, I think that's exactly what that, that, that moment when, oh, I'm yours. No, I think exactly what it is. Is like I think we're using the same arch with different semantics a little bit yeah. because you're using it as in the I'm just romantic and I want her to have that absolutely moment. that's and where that's, I look at it and that's awesome as. and I know we agree completely. so that's why I'm betting that way I think the other one that she's picking on is this sense of uh, I'm I'm my own person not yeah, gonna be owned by you exactly whereas like my whole identity is wrapped around you and it's like no I love you but my whole identity is not wrapped around you. And that's a different... And so I think they both, they're both they both true and they both make sense. This, by the way, is one of the things that I find funny about human language. Yeah. That, like, look at this example, right? We, we listen to the same words, I am yours, three words. Yeah. And the meaning that we attach is different and they're both true, right? They both make sense in their own ways. This idea of, oh, it's a declaration of just overwhelming passion and love. That's a good one. I like it. The, oh, you are canceling your identity in the same of fitting in with somebody else. It's very you, Gloria Steinem. You can read that in that too, right? You can, they are both real. They are both there. And yeah, human language is a funky beast. The Taoists oh, were right. It's a pain right? in the ass, man. I mean, how would you just, you can get one syllable messed up and it can wreck a whole day. The Tao that can be explained is not the eternal Tao, right? <laughs> if you can put it into words. You've already uh, fucked it up. It's a distant <laughs> approximation of the real thing. Yes. So, wow. We were from uh, work slavery to singing talents to uh, the unfathomable weirdness of human language. And we just got started. And we just are warming up. You people are so lucky to have us. So there have been troubles. Runtime, let's go. Let's hear you go for the rant. Relationships have been frayed. It happens. People get upset. People you thought, I, I, I can't help but just put it into the Dennis Miller category. Mm -hmm. And the more you look at it, it's probably true. Dennis Miller was just doing a little stick and that was his thing. And he probably was a conservative the whole time. But when he sort of unveiled himself, it was pretty shocking to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I think the man was also doing Monday Night Football with Rush Limbaugh, so nobody should have been too surprised. Yeah, we're talking decades back now when I think about this. But as we've been seeing, some folks that seem very, what do we say, uh, Alan Watts listening, acid dropping, you know, hippie style freedom lovers, switching over to the other side in quite shocking ways. I hadn't really seen, I, and you found that to be really disturbing mm -hmm. because you're like, if these folks are switching over, what hope is there for us? Yeah. Well, I overheard a phone conversation with sort of a, a lost friend of my wives. Not wives, like I have many of my wives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always good to clarify. I know. Clara, <laughs> go tell them to get collected. It's, it's daddy's night. Um, <laughs> I was shocked to hear someone who I thought was kind of a woke person in the 80s, annoyingly, mm -hmm. Saying mean things about Mexicans. Like, what was the switch? What were they like before and what are they like sort now? Sort of like, you know, love everybody. and yeah. mm -hmm. But it always felt like an act to me. I got to say that first of all. God, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Um, but yesterday's conversation was this person who's like an ESL teacher is complaining that all these Mexicans are coming in expecting that there's going to be a translator for them in a school. This is a teacher. Right. Now, oddly enough, as I kind of just delved into more and trying to get, well, I cannot believe what I'm hearing, first of all, because he literally said, what we need to do is build a wall in front of that school so no more of these Mexicans show up. Wow. Shocking. Which state? Tennessee. Okay. So I'm just seeing like those sort of fascist, hateful tendencies 
are seeping into folks I never thought would lean that way. And it was shocking. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, and it's, uh, I, I told you the, I think I told you once on the podcast, the story of my trip with a lady from Texas on the plane. It was like, I'm desperately trying to read my book. And this lady sits next to me on the plane and start going, uh, really want to talk. And I'm like, oh. you know, put down the book, listen to her for a minute. Okay, you're done. Great. I can start reading again. And she start over again. And at one point, one of her speeches was like, you know, people have these stereotypes about Texas. We are amazing. We are, we are not hateful. We're not racist. We are, you know, Texas is a friendly place. And I'm like, I bet. I'm sure I met a lot of nice people from Texas. I believe you. That's great. Can I go back to reading my book? But no, it's like she keeps going and going. It's like, no, there is no racism in Texas. It's all a myth. Is you know, black people, we love black people. Black people are great. And she goes on. And Nothing I, more suspicious than a know, statement like that. It's sweet, but a little over the top. Some like of my best like, friends are. Right. And then, but she can't stop there, right? She stopped there, it would have worked. And she goes... It's those damn Mexicans that are creating all the problem. Black people are great. It's Mexicans who are... And I was like, I was laughing my ass off inside because I was like, good way to make your point that there's no racism. You know, nice. uh, I'm I'm glad we got that conversation started. My wife's quick return was, yeah, we live in Oxnard, which is at least 70% Mexican. And we find it not much of a problem. Right. We had just been to the stone store to get stones for our garden just to plop down so you don't have to step in the mud. Uh, No real problems, even though our Spanish wasn't great. And then it was like these crazy... I've heard a few different ones. Like people like... Like a band teacher that I liked who Mm -hmm. still lives in Tennessee, he was popping off on Facebook about, oh, they signed up 300 million Mexicans to vote in California. What the fuck we did? Would you please give me a break? And it's funny, like, when you get these... I'm sorry, Tennessee, but the folks, what they're being fed, and I don't know if it's Fox News or whatever, from these Tesla cars, will those batteries will run out and you'll be stranded. It's like, sure. well, yeah, you have 204 miles, you know? You can probably, who drives 204 miles in a single trip? These aren't problems. These are like manufactured things to, to shit on things. But for teachers to be talking about Mexican walls being built and yeah. it's just terrifying. Yeah, it seems to me that the degree of uh, political, factional hatred has gone up tenfold lately. And I'm not saying it's like the most ever, because clearly we had a civil war. That was worse. We had, uh, you know, people bombing each other on a regular in the 60s and 70s. That was a little intense. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's unheard of or anything. However, it feels like I'm... It bugs me to open social media every day just because I feel like every other second there's somebody getting mad at something. There's somebody blocking you know, one person or, or I have to block them because they are just obnoxious dicks who just show up on my wall. And and I'm just like, Jesus, man, what's the... And that's annoying in itself. Yeah. And then uh, bring us to the main issue here is... When you see this happening with people, like it's bad enough, you know, if you, if you hear some stuff that you feel that value-wise, you consider poisonous. But it gets to be spewed by people who are, you know, toothless, rednecks somewhere. When I get some dude from North Dakota going, oh, socialism, you might as well just move to Venezuela. It's like, right. you I, so don't get it, my friend. But also, I, I get it in the sense that it's like, okay, that's all you have grown up around. Exactly. That's all They're you easy know. easy to dismiss. I feel like it sucks. You know, I wish that something that we could do lead to better human communication with people were, but you know, it's like, I understand there are limitations there. I get it. I'm not happy, but I accept it. The part that really freaking me out is seeing the people that supposedly out of the small numbers of people are already more on board with uh, values that I would consider a little healthier yeah. in terms of uh, human relationships, jumping ship, and switch into values that I find basically what I consider to have been the cause of never-ending problems throughout human history. And I don't get it, because it's like, how do you go case in point? And I guess this is where the whole thing gets a little more personal for us. We have been sponsored by Datsusara for, what, six years? Something six like plus, that? yeah, since the very beginning, pretty much. Speaking of which... 
a thousand thank you to Datsusara for sponsoring us for all this time. Yeah. They didn't have to. That was a cool thing. I'm sure it benefited them, but it also was a very sweet thing that helped us out. Yeah. And just for the record, also to state, I still feel that the company was awesome. You know, their products are great. I like the products. We still, Rich and I, use them every day. So there's... It's outstanding. All the stuff lasted just like we always hoped it would. And I think from the very beginning, Datsusara was supposedly a Japanese word about escape corporate life. Absolutely. We loved that. I like the philosophy of the company. I like the products. I like the support. Everything about it was absolutely awesome. But... Well, as they say, friendships and partnerships come and go. But hemp gear lasts forever. <laughs> right? So the hemp gear, we're still on board with. Everything is great. But as you may have noticed, Datsusara is no longer our sponsor. And since I'm sure we're going to get questions about it and stuff, might as well clarify. This is part of a process that has been going on with Chris, the boss at Datsusara. Where, and it's a process that I really made me sad it made me sad to watch made me sad to be unable to say anything to help in this at all but basically the process has been chris went from uh, loving alan watts and uh, you know psychedelics and play jujitsu and being this very cool open-minded human being slowly but surely started with a critique of the excesses of PC culture. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. You know, I can see there are no problem it there. It's exhausting for sure. So, okay, so far. And then we take it one step more. And by now, you know, one little step at a time with the first being a very understandable one. The second, maybe a little less so, but I kind of see a logic. By now, you know, if you look at what he's about... It's just Fox News talking points everywhere. I mean, holy fuck, the other day I looked like, before he blocked me on Twitter, uh, I saw him, he was retweeting Tommy Lahren, and oh, I'm not making Christ that up. Sake. Yes, exactly. Like, probably one of the most hateful human beings to ever walk the planet. And a poster child for almost every sort of PC nonsense in reverse. Of course, because everybody plays the victim, right? It's yeah. like the people who are oh, screaming Lord. the loudest about the other side play the victim are usually the ones who play the victim the most. But in any case, and I think like half of the posts now that I saw from him again before I got blocked on both Facebook and Twitter were, uh, you know, we need to go back to church and monogamous marriage before the sexual revolution ruined it all. We need to, I mean, it's the exact, it's a complete 180, you know, compared to we, the person who chose to sponsor us six years ago and the person today... Was not dreaming of returning to 1952. No, they are total strange. They are the exact opposite. I yeah. mean, my feeling is that the person from six years ago would despise the person today and vice versa, the person today would I'm despise... Going, the, I'm going back to that show. We'll pull, some, we'll pull some bites from back to six years ago. Yeah, and I found it depressing. I found it depressing for multiple reasons. I find it depressing for personal reasons because this was a guy who was a friend. And and not just, I say was a friend because you say, well, okay, you guys now have different of opinions. No, he's That's pretty much fine. thrown the gauntlet down. Yeah, I mean, he, especially because he's like in a full uh, Jordan Peterson worship mode and I'm not. I find Peterson precisely to be one of those one of the problems. cultural influences who have made things worse in my opinion i am okay with you cleaning your room though yeah yeah clean the room is we're done with that That's you know fine. good personal responsibility is fine but the, the other stuff no not male so much. female encounters at work yeah, yeah or we or, can get above that or calling women who have sex outside of a relationship sluts yeah. that's okay always for the guys um, to do whatever they want to but yeah fuck that women. so Moral of the story, I have been very vocal and quite critical of some of the people that Chris now find these uh, reference points for his philosophical worldview. And I think, you know, I laid it pretty thick sometime, and we had an agreement with Chris that he would just, we would ignore each other's social media, because if I start commenting on his stuff, it's not going to get pleasant. And if he start commenting on my, because by now, again, you know, we started having somewhat similar values. And now they could not be more different on pretty much any single topic ever. So I was like, okay, for the sake of peace, you know, we have been friends. We let's just stay away from each other. Let's agree to disagree and stay away from each other. 
I must have touched the nerve because, and again, it wasn't personal, but I must have mentioned Peterson or something. He flipped and, of course, broke the deal of uh, we'll stay away from each other's social media, decide to get on mine, and publicly insult me with, I think, what was it? Is uh, Idiot? In, no, I think he ignorant. was... Ignorant. Ignorant, yes. I'm ignorant and I'm an insecure hater. And yeah. so I was like... You know, you don't that... know the joys of Peterson love. <laughs> you must learn to obey and hate women. They are all the problem. Right? Dro yeah. Deepak Chopra for incels. Oh, um, God. The, um, I think the problem here becomes, yeah, once you cross that line, our agree to disagree, we can somehow remain friends despite the fact that we have very different values. That kind of goes out the window. You know, that could fly before you make it personal. When you make it personal, that whole thing goes out the window. So that's where we are. You know, it's like, I mean, I knew that Chris wanted to stop sponsoring the podcast and I respect that because honestly, it's like, why would you sponsor a podcast where now your values are the exact opposite? Because we still think you're... them blue beanies are dope. Yeah, right. <laughs> is, uh, yeah, yeah. We could go on forever about how great that Cesaro was, was as the products. Hate, but... hate the player, but don't hate the products. Right. <laughs> that's a new t-shirt you want to make. <laughs> So, you know, but I get it. You know, I wouldn't sponsor a podcast. Like, I, I have no problem with him not sponsoring the podcast anymore. I agree. I think, and actually for us too, is like at one point, is like, dude, if everything that comes out of your mouth is that, and because it's sort of a one-man company, it's kind of hard to separate the personal views from Chris, from the company itself. So I was totally on board with parting ways. I thought that made sense. It makes sense for us. And it makes sense for him. You know, so I have no, I have no issues with that part. I do have issues with uh, personal insults. I do have issues with crossing the line that way. And then uh, kind of playing victim. Oh, oh, I'm so mean for... It's Everyone like, just so mean to me. It's like, dude, you cross the line, not me. So, but regardless, I mean, aside for the personal issue, which who fucking cares, right? It's like none of you guys probably care about this and it's fine because... The part that's more interesting to me is the that switch. It's how like, does it happen? How the fuck do you go from point A, we were six years ago, to the stuff? Like, I don't get it. You know, it's like, how do you go from Alan Watts to Fox News? You know, that just, I'm not seeing a path by which, unless we're talking about some crazy trauma that I'm not afraid, that I'm not aware of, that has played a role. I really don't see the path, you know, because, and again, I'm not saying uh, there are people, for example, there are people on my Facebook or Twitter who very much like certain things that I don't, even cases like Jordan Peterson, you know, people who sees mainly on the personal responsibility aspect, who may dig some of his lectures on uh, archetypes. And I'm like, okay, I agree on the personal responsibility. I find it obvious and stuff yeah, that has been said by... common ground. You're sure. not really digging any new territory there. But that's fine. Yeah. That's good. It's good and, for uh, some people to hear. So, you know, people tell me, hey, you know, it sucks because I really like your stuff, but I also really like Jordan Peterson. I'm like, that's great. You know, who cares? As long as it helps you become a better person. And I don't care. We don't have to see eye to eye on everything. You know, I have no problem with that part. I do have a problem when it becomes aggressive angry the other side is where all the evil lays you know it's all about those damn leftist kind of thing and again you tell it to me it's like there's a shitload of stuff i don't like about the left you know there's 10 so it's the notion that somehow i'm the other side in this equation where i don't fit neatly at all in the other side that's what makes it scary because it's like if you feel that i'm the other side let me introduce you to really somebody's the other side then you're gonna have real problems there yeah. And, and I don't know, man, I just don't get it. I don't get the, like, it's different if you're telling me, oh, I like a couple of these things that I may not like, but whatever, versus I'm now reciting every, talk, the most divisive talking points about political factionalism and on one side is where all the evil lays and uh, yay Fox News kind of thing. And switched pretty quickly because I remember 2000, mm -hmm. even I was like, 
well, John McCain, he's a pretty level-headed guy. And, you know, Al Gore, we have kind of put up with this Clinton stuff for a while. And it almost seemed reasonable. You wouldn't dare speak that way anymore. The thought of you even thought of looking at the other side in any way? Well, because, I mean, yeah, there's become... I'm just looking at it like, the, like that would be totally unacceptable now. Do you have a theory for how does this, like, how do you, seriously, how do you, I how keep repeating spiral, it, but I don't it, get it. How do you go from uh, psychedelics, Alan Watts, happy hippie, to angry conservatives screaming at how the kids can keep it in their pants and sex outside of marriage? You know, how does that? <laughs> See, the only thing I would really understand is like, if your company really took up, I guess the old sort of adage was, if you're 20 and not a Democrat, you don't have a heart. If you're 40 and not a Republican, you don't have a bank account. You know, yeah. those sort of things that might change. Like, like, so if the company was super successful and now you're kind of rolling in these circles where these moneyed folks, but I don't, I'm not going to trade in my... Also, it doesn't make sense to me because it's like, you know, I've you're, you're been... You're unchecking uh, a lot of things that you're reprogram, rewiring. I've lived in houses where the ceilings were literally falling off and had no money, like like pretty real poverty. Sure. To be in fuck, I live in a nice place now. I have more money than I ever seen. I'm by no means rich, but holy shit, it's like I like it. It's good. And I don't feel like my core values don't really change because of my status in society. No, you know, it's, it's like, like you I said, don't a, tra a trauma. Quite, yeah, something it's deep like, down. And you know, if that's if I knew that, I would probably be a lot more sympathetic. I would be like, oh, shit, I understand. You got beat up by three angry Mexicans who hate all white people and scream at you. Of course, you, you eat mushrooms. Yeah, it's like, okay, you know, I, I don't see how that goes from that to this whole other boat you jump into, but I can see the, okay, there's a trap. Absent that, oh, shit, man. Well, I absent that, it's a, it's a poison in the atmosphere that's been working its way up from those days where you could have an opinion from, you know, way back when Tip O'Neill and Ted Kennedy could make an agreement to where nothing can be done if you're not our side and we don't give a fuck who it hurts. Right. Yeah, it's... And I've seen that. I mean, this is... This is the most disappointing case because it's both personal if somebody was, I mean, how closer does it get that somebody who sponsor our podcast, right? Who is uh, like us enough and is on board with our values enough they to knew what support they, were going, they knew what was going on. And then to see this flip happening so quickly. And I've seen that in other people. Again, not as close, not as relevant, not as... But I've seen this happen in enough people as to be kind of depressed because it makes me feel like Okay, if somebody who sponsors my podcast can make this flip, does anything that we are doing, does anything that we are saying resonate with anybody? Like, does it make any difference at all? Or are we just screaming in the wind and there's no point? You know, it's kind of like, again, crazy, weird person from a hole in the wall somewhere who screams about, I get it, I understand. I'm sad that we can't do something about it, but I get it. But, Somebody this close to flip this hard to the point of again showing up on my wall screaming about I'm an insecure hater and I'm ignorant and stuff because I don't share the same uh, pretty ultra right wing view of the world. Shit, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it just uh, it doesn't happen often that I find myself speechless, but that really leaves me puzzled. No, it's troubling without question. And it seems to be showing up everywhere. Yeah. So, um, um, and, you know, I think like the solution that would be nice would be to, I mean, part of the problem also is that a lot of these conversations are not taking place face to face, where if you are sitting down, having a glass of wine and having this conversation, I think they can be a lot more polite. They can be a lot more where you still disagree because ultimately you will, but you can maybe take an appreciation of 10 to 20% of what the other person is saying. And maybe that prevents you from keep sliding daily in a more extreme position. Yeah. But those conversations are not happening. 
you know and, and that's what happened a bunch like in this case specifically where you know we would say things on social media back and forth you would get a little heated and you would be like you know what this is probably not the right setting this is not working out well we should sit down and chat except that that never happens you know, it never really happens that then you pick up. The, when it does happen, the rare times is so polite that it really doesn't address the real issues and you're kind of avoiding them for the sake of being nice to each other. And then you're back to square one where the polarization has only increased and you never really sat down to have the conversation. You never really had it on the phone where you can... And instead you're just screaming on social media and it's just like... Well, there's the answer right there. What is the difference between 2000 and 2019? It's a lot of the, the social, social media, media gig. The phones, the lack of connecting directly with people, a whole generation of kids that gather on the internet and don't interact. Yeah, and I mean... These are, these are big sort of swings. And I think about how many people I've met through social media who I've never met otherwise were awesome human beings. And I'm really thankful for that, you know? So the days when I feel like, you know what, screw Facebook and Twitter and Instagram or whatever the fuck, I don't want to do any of that stuff no more. I just want to mind my business and leave me the fuck alone. Or yes, I will use them only to post post podcast and pictures of puppies playing in the snow. That's, you know what, that may be actually a healthy idea, but, and maybe that's the way to go to just keep it very vanilla in a public forum like social media and you know go screaming a wall when you feel the temptation to say but at the same time it feels weird to constantly censor stuff you know if i see if i open social media and like case in point i see people promoting thinkers or ideas that i find poisonous to me, it's kind of important to explain like, hey, to me, this is poisonous shit and here is why, you know, because it's part of the discourse that's taking place in society. It's part of the discourse that, however, the end result is just people mainly yelling at each other with some exceptions, of course. It just shows how much this shift is like, even in, so now you're talking sort of like 12 years where... Sure. I remember flaming out on people pretty heavily when in mm -hmm. flame wars would, we've all sort of learned that that's useless. Right. But there was sort of a time about 10 years ago when if somebody like, dissed you or wasn't, you would easily unload and then they'd come back with a whole dump truck of shit and hit of you course. with it. So that's sort of like, yeah, the polite discourse is gone. Yeah. Because it's so easy to do. I remember when they, when the, the, the kids trying to handle the fact that if you were going to leave a comment on YouTube, you had to include your name. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, how the hell? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, yeah. if you're going to run your mouth, you you're going to have to attach your fucking name to it. And, and the thing is, right, that would be step one, right? But of course, even like Facebook where, well, most accounts are real. There's a bunch of, of course, well, fake yeah, profile picture, fake name, exactly. whatever. But even let's assume the real ones doesn't seem to help a whole lot because it's only delaying the inevitable. See the Chris O'Dell situation where suddenly you're coming to my wall to yell at me. And, you know, we know we are. There's no hiding. And yeah. yet it's not in person. It's not face to face. And so the discussion is a lot less polite and a lot less trying to see somebody else's point than it would be face to face. And I feel that that's... Uh, that's a real thing. That's a real thing of like the how discourse is. Like I understand the creation of these uh, bubbles where after a while you That's don't exactly want to deal. Exactly, I was gonna say you end up. Yeah, where with your people that are comfortable with, and it's uh, it's almost like it's it's helping to put the teams together. Totally. I mean, actually, I look at the stuff that before got in block. I look at the stuff like the people were commenting on his things or joining in it was a festival of like christian fundamentalist and uh hard not a little right wing or a little conservative like hard right super ultra mega and i was like how did we get here and then i realized you know for me when uh, i don't mind again it, it's not the ideology that bothers me it's the where the ideology leads if you have uh, views that are different from mine, but you are consistently polite, 
to me personally, no matter how much we disagree, that's a different discussion. You know, I have a couple of, you know, actually I have a lot more than a couple. I have quite a few people on social media who I could not disagree with them more on pretty much anything, right? I mean, I have from like Alex Jones lovers to people screaming about white genocide. I mean, real weird shit that I find pretty disturbing. But these are people who have been nothing but polite to me. No matter what, even when I tell them, dude, I think the stuff you're supporting is straight up poison. That's because they're keeping track of you, son. You got to watch out. Right. And they clearly make it clear that, you know, they despise a lot of the things that I stand for. There's still a level of interpersonal relationship there where it's uh, very polite, where it's like, hey, dude, I get it. But hey, I, you know, you do good podcast and I respect your right to have a different opinion and whatever. And it's like, okay, we're never going to see eye to eye, but we can have a polite conversation or, and even when the conversation goes to shit, because we really don't see eye to eye, we can have a polite, we can be cordial with each other. Now it's not exactly my ideal human relationship, but hey, it's better than uh, drawing a hard line and yelling at each other saying, you suck, no, you suck. It's just very confusing to try to imagine the world that they really wish existed. Right. I don't want to live there. Well, and that's the other thing. I would have an easy time. I've got the blue eyes. I could get away with right. it. Right. Yeah, and that, I think, is the other thing, is the degree of anger. Yeah. That's tied to what are you stuff. so goddamn mad about? Yeah, and you don't get one of these glorious strawberry picking jobs. Are you mad about that? And is it that where it is? Yeah, man. I I would really like them to like. Okay, in your perfect world, and I know we make the joke, you know, United States, nineteen fifty-two. But I think if you took these folks back then, they're not going to like that either. I'm not even sure at this point, you know, considering all the values Maybe that are espoused. Maybe because civil rights that, hadn't happened yet and everybody's kind of knew their place back then. Maybe if, if that's what you're after, you're in the wrong country. I mean, you know, you have a situation now where, like, take a guy like, uh, you know, the extreme of this stuff, like the Stefan Molyneux of the world, right? The guy, you're not familiar with Molyneux? No, I'm afraid not. He's like, holy fucking, you know, he's the guy who's like, goes to Poland and prays the, oh, it's a almost all white state and I feel perfectly at home and there's no crime and everything is wonderful. He's basically, he's blowing Every racist dog whistle on the planet, short of coming out and wearing a hood and saying, I am a white supremacist, is as white supremacist as it gets. You haven't seen that swastika tattoo on his back. Right. But, um, and that's the funny thing is, I know people who uh, really despise white supremacy, who like this guy. And I'm like, dude, are you not hearing what, what not he's see? saying? Exactly. I, I tell it better to you. I know a guy who's super polite with me, very nice guy with him, in a relationship with a black woman who's a huge Molyneux fan. And I'm just like... I'm betting she doesn't know that. I think she does. Well, then now we're really getting... And get, that's what I mean by getting really weird. Is like the dude is... Like, he's going like, I'm a white soup. I'm a white supreme. I'm a white supreme. And he just stopped right before finishing it, basically. And you don't connect the dots that that's what he's saying. Well, if you're white supreme, that means you're a member of a all-girl band, right? That's the white supreme, right? Uh, it's a long way to San Jose, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, strange, strange, strange. It's troubling it's, times, without question. Yeah, and we haven't even dug into the sort of insanity of a, a, a lawless government. Where nobody plays by the rules anymore. Well, okay, and I think that's the other or is that problem. A symptom as well. Yeah, I think that's the other problem. The part of the factionalism, part of the hatred, part of this shit, is because when I and again, let me clarify beforehand because I already know where this discussion tend to go. No, I'm not making a false equivalency. I'm not saying all sides are the same; they are all equally bad. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I do find that if you want to reduce it to politics. Am I in love with most left-wing politicians? Hell no. I don't like a whole bunch of them, and I think that even the good ones have some issues. Comparatively speaking, though, if you really put a gun to my head, I find that some values are way healthier on the left than on the right. That's my take. You know, you can have a different one, but that's where I look at it. Yeah. 
But so I'm not making again the everybody's all the same shit. It's all equal. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. However, what I am saying is, if you are looking for solutions to the real big problems that are facing us, I don't see a whole lot of those proposed by anybody. Okay, or the ones that are proposed are the ones by people who have no shot whatsoever at making a difference. You know, the ones that actually are in a position where they could make a difference, that's where I don't see too many real solutions happening. Or they're nitpicking with little tiny things that don't matter, that don't really give, sure. you, give them something to argue about so they stop. Of course. Paying but even, to you know, it's like, okay, find me a solution to the fact that half of the country is on antidepressants and suicides are on the rise and people are alienated from their jobs. They have no sense of community. They have lonely as fuck. How do you deal with that? What, what's the solution to that? <laughs> that is the solution. Right? What, right. What's the solution to the fact that we are poisoning the very conditions that make life possible? That Doesn't make any sense, does it? Environmental is a disaster. None of these things are easy solutions, you know? And so rather than in an environment where looking for solution is really fucking hard, I see how people find comfort in taking a hardline ideological stance and argue about ideology that really, in the great scheme of things, is not addressing the core issues that we're facing, you know? Because at least you feel that you have something to say on that topic, whereas on the topic of, yeah, find a solution to environmental crisis is like, that's some very specific knowledge that you need to have where you really need to know the topic up and down, and it's still complicated. So I think, like, to some degree, this kind of um, political identity politics, I don't mean just identity politics, because, again, that's also the funny thing. It's like, identity politics are bad. That's the right-wing thing. It's like, yeah, and you're not seeing that you're doing the exact same thing just with a different identity, right? Yep. So when you take a, a, identity, I mean on all levels, not just in a right-wing code for left-wing stuff about ethnicity or things like that, but for, I think everybody being so heavily involved with this political factionalism has a lot more to do with powerlessness than anything else. The fact that you know deep down they are powerless as hell to change the things that really matter. So let's pick some other bullshit to complain about, play the victim and blame the other side when because we don't really know where to go from here. Is uh, kind of like the what we had last month in the Chris Ryan conversation. Maybe nobody. Maybe there is no evil genius that's pulling the strings. Maybe there are just a bunch of idiots who are trying to get as much money as possible while the whole thing is going down the drain. That makes the most sense because there really is no plan afoot. It's like, shit it up, get all we can. It doesn't matter. We'll be dead in 20 years. So yeah. what do we care? Yeah. That seems to be the plan. That's exactly. And so... There is a bit of hope, though. Sure. Because it looks like the youngsters are hip to the fact that they're going to need a planet. For the next 60, 70 years, not the next, not just the next 10, 15 years. But I think that's where like history is a little, like if you look at like post 1960s, post yeah. Vietnam, post the Watergate, I think everybody over the years, the number has grown progressively and has been sensitized to the fact that there's an insane degree of corruption in politics, that government is not necessarily your friend, that politicians are out to screw you, that I think is understood by... But this has only led to cynicism because it's like, okay, now I took the... Which one is it? The red pill, the blue pill? Which one is the one that... I always forget. I, I'll take them both. How about that? Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? What? How about That's what take... happened to John Belushi. Be careful. Right. Don't be like John Belushi and take all the pills. But still, the problem is, even if you take the ones that show you what's really going on, if you don't know what to do with that information, all it does is make you cynical. You know, all it does is... Oh, so we are getting screwed over left and right. So the game is horrendously corrupt. And now what? What can I do to actually change it? You and, know? and the messaging has been crazy for a long time. I mean, Reagan's big thing was, hello, I'm from the government. I, you know, I'm here to screw things up. Right. That programming has been going on for a long time. The deregulation through everything crazy. Well, and exactly. Because instead, corporations are your friends, right? It's like, no, that's not the solution either. And I think that's the problem. It's like... We understand probably way better than we did 80 years ago what the problems are. And yet that has not translated to an ability to find a solution. 
That has only translated to a degree of cynicism and a sense of powerlessness. And think of the insanity of 80 years ago. I mean, that was the depression caused by great insane speculation, the same corporate entities. Of course. Yeah. But we just I, seem to do it over and over again. But I think it's like that's where I am interested in finding solutions. Yeah. I'm not interested in yelling at each other mm. and spending our time. And it's easy. You know, I'll fall for it just as much as anybody else because somebody starts saying some really hateful, dumb shit. I want to call them on it. I want to be like, hey, this is poisonous bullshit. Which, of course, then leads to this kind of situation. You're an insecure hater and hating each other and all that stuff, which obviously is not. So maybe really the solution is focusing more on, more than on what I find poisonous, which I'll fail at this and I'll say it already because I will end up making, you know, jumping in and saying this is dangerous, poisonous bullshit. But maybe the solution is to focus more on the what are the more than what are the bad steps to avoid, what are the good steps that we can work toward, what are some things that we can do today that objectively it's not that subjective. We can look at the evidence that lead to a result. Now, of course, not everybody's gonna look at the same evidence and come away from the same conclusion. Because in the famous Trump, uh, I can shoot somebody down the street and still not a single vote. Some people are too bound to again their political identity to even care about evidence but i think that's probably the only realistic step you can take hope that there's some degree of uh, and looking at reality not make it personal not making along party lines make it as do we agree that there's a problem do you see this as a solution do you see this as maybe helping a little bit if you don't what else do you propose instead that addresses the problem now, that's not, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree and sing Kumbaya around the fire and be happy. And But I think maybe that's healthier than all the yelling back and forth that we do at each other, which lead to shit like this. I mean, seriously, what the fuck? Chris O'Dell, friend and supporter for years and years. And here we are now with this, uh, I'll block you on Twitter and Facebook, fuck you. And it's like... Okay, well, on that note... It seems insurmountable, but we can't possibly give up at this point. Yeah. But yeah. the answers are few and far between right now. Answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and raised middle finger, right? It's like start. You're still there in the game. Even though you got your ass kicked, might as well keep playing it and... I, and, I, and not even just to belabor it, but like the things you say are so true that like, like what seem to be the most common sense things that obviously these mega corporations haven't you seen WalMarts come through and and destroy all the little stores that the middle class used to own and why are there no something as simple as you think that people would be able to agree to why do we have one Home Depot when we used to have seven nice family hardware stores where a lot of people get to spread around instead of it all being funneled into 10 mm-hmm. siphons which definitely has to be a big part of the problem yeah i think he's probably laying out what the problems are and laying out what some possible solution are without being overly attached to any one of them because it's like hey if you show me evidence that the other thing like you know that talking point about environmental things because you know he started out with you know the companies about being there was an environmental band i mean hemp that's what it's all about right yeah so he hasn't totally given up on that but his solution now was sort of the ben shapiro talking point it's all about nuclear energy that's going to save us all now i'm not seeing the evidence for it i don't agree however if you do magically show me that nuclear energy is really safe doesn't lead to chernobyl and fukushima and can provide for all then what the fuck do i care i'm not opposed to nuclear energy just because i'm opposed to nuclear energy because i see some serious problems with it but if you can show me evidence that tell me that my concerns are misguided yeah. and there is no problem, fuck, I change my mind. Yes, I don't care. See, that's know? such a weak, because if you really meant that, then you would build thorium reactors where if there is an accident, it cools itself down and goes to a solid state. No, we our nuclear reactors are made to make plutonium. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason we built them the way we do. And I don't know, there's a hundred different points. I tell you, with my new soil movie, 
they're doing an interesting thing where it's a long-term different. I'm not going to go into like the, the specifics of everything, but it's two ranches side by side in five different locations through the country. And one guy's doing it this new way and the old guy's doing it the old way. And they're able to side by side, like literally along the fence line, see what the differences are. When somebody can see somebody hard-headed old 60-year-old man, 60-year-old white man hardly ever changed his mind about anything. But if you can show them the proof and show them that this makes your life easier, mm-hmm. you make more money, you're not paying money for fertilizer or yep. shit to Monsanto anymore, and it's making your soil better, they do open their eyes. So maybe what you just said is correct. We make a big list of what the problems are and find solutions that are beneficial to the people, not the corporations and the big fat cats. I'm down. That's where that's where we got to start. I am down. All right. So this is a truncated episode, a rant episode. So yes. we don't have all our nifty parts this one, but uh, I'm sure it'll stir up something. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to do my best to help you fulfill your daily quota of outrage. You know, don't worry. I will come back with more posts to, uh, to help out in that department. I have no worry about that. Well, that funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Uh, you know, sometimes things fall apart. Yep, indeed. And make them feel a little Tammy Wynette coming in. My D-I-V-O-R-C came through for the first time today. Do tell. That was it. That was it. That's my okay. breakup song. Uh, I didn't really happen. The musical inclined reach is coming out more and more. Well, I've my, seen my, John inner Bronco, my inner Bronco Billy is coming out. Right, I'm going to go check that out this week. You should. Good old John. Did you go? I haven't yet. I've been uh, first out of town and insane with stuff, but I would love to go. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Ever since he broke out in song and you jump in with him, that was fun. It won't be long. If you guys missing out the reference, there was a previous uh, episode in which Richard John Torres got into a whole singing epic feast. That was you beautiful. Have to post that on YouTube for everybody. We should. Speaking I, of uh, epic feast, thank you to BlueChew.com <laughs> for sponsoring us. The word epic is not misplaced in this case. The stuff that BlueChew can do for your sexual life. Oh my God. That's all I got to say. Uh, check them out. There's, um, if you use the promo code drunk at bluechew.com, uh, you can get to try it for free. You only pay $5 for shipping. So do we have any kind idea. donors this week? Yes, we do. Actually. I think your guilt tripping them has led to a few extra people. We go from like the usual four to at least three times as much. So wow, it's impressive. Let the pottering begin. So, big thank you to Aaron Weisner, Christopher Parcel, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee, Bethany McBride, Luis Pesquera, Thomas Robinson, Samuel McNichol, Ross Cranham, Patrick Foley, Michael Allen, Lisa Robles, Pat Hartman, Andre Garapetian, I think. Well, I'm thinking, I'm guessing everybody's name, but yours in particular. Here, Walter Luba, and finally a name I can pronounce, Fulvio Bartolucci. That's a good old-fashioned Italian <laughs> name that works. You guys are awesome. I mean, you know the drill, and especially since now History on Fire is kind of, except for a couple of episodes, disappearing from the free feed, I think many people got the message that unfortunately, as much as one would like to say everything is free, money play no role, if you like a podcast, it's kind of nice to support it to make sure that it stays viable because we see with History on Fire that was just no longer viable to be able to do it in the using the free model. So it's always appreciated when any of you guys drop us anything, really. You know, is uh, even a tiny bit once a year, kind totally. enough. Absolutely, ten thousand of you. Yeah, maybe even a little more. So yes, that would be that would be sweet. So, I, uh, it's quite a collection you guys have there. Russell Brand. Oh, on um, Luminary. Noah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some big names. Let's see if um, let's see how it pans out. I hope. Well, people already loved your show. Yeah, yeah. I'm got you are a, iTunes recognized. I'm got more hate mail in the last few days than I've gotten in years before. So it's just the 
you are an evil traitor. It's supposed to be free. It's becoming. Yeah, a... We got shit for a mid roll too. It's like, look, guys. Oh yeah, we yeah. We got to sell some goddamn soap once in a while. I'm yeah, sorry. we got somebody like I listened to you guys forever. Fuck you. You had a mid roll ad. You need to die. And I was like, okay, okay, thanks. Thanks for the dollar you never <laughs> sent over six years. Right. Uh, oh, Kiva.com. Yes. And it's not Kiva.com. Let me try again. Oh, Kiva.org. We are approaching $125,000 in donations of $25 chunks for you guys to help people with a cow, a water pump, all around the world and in the United States now. If you want to join in, it's a $25 loan. When they pay the money back, you have it to loan out again. I've got loans that have gone out six times now. Check you out. And it's just amazing. But um, there's uh, 4,000 loans now. That's a lot. And it helps a lot of people. And, you you know, there is a tiny risk that sometimes people don't do it. But it, oddly enough, around the world, it's a 97 point something repayment level. That's awesome. And uh, oddly enough, the U.S. doesn't even get close to that. <laughs> so, I'm not shocked, but um, uh, it's been great. And we've been doing it a long time. And uh, I invite you to come check it out. Beautiful. Love that. Uh, shout out. Thank you to Daisy House for letting us use their music. Yes, That's yes. always appreciated. Uh, if you guys are in the market for chocolate, check out Curacao Chocolate. Those guys have always been sweet. Links are in the episode notes. Uh, anything else we need to mention? I think that's it. I think I'm going to take uh, my hemp bag and uh, shed a little tear. <laughs> I know, man. That gear is so good. That's something that we'll never change our tune on because it really no, is. And that's, I don't know. We've been over it. But yes sadly that's how it is cool guys thank you so much have a wonderful day see you next time And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at RichieMon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo cazzo, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary the thing? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about. translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. <laughs> <laughs>